The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out, the Inner Revolution, with your host, Beth Green. This is James Minard, your co-host. Today's topic, Women, Men, and Hierarchy. Climb the ladder, tear it down. Let's talk with Ann Smith. With the unprecedented movement of women climbing into positions of power in religion, business, government, or even their own families, women need to ask, do I climb the ladder or tear it down? Is the rise of women making a positive difference for Or do we need new ways of being? This is a question for us all. Should I advance in the world as it is or turn it upside down? This show features Anne Smith, co-founder and director of Circle Connections and regional coordinator of Gather the Women Global Matrix. For over 30 years, Anne has been working with women around the world experimenting with circle gatherings, and she can share from the depths of experience. Also this fall, she'll be attending the Parliament of World Religions and its inaugural Women's Assembly, where she and other women are also co-creating their own gatherings. Stay tuned to hear Anne's perspectives. And let's talk about the choices each of us has to make, whether you're male or female, about whether we climb the hierarchy or tear it down. And now here's Beth from the Inside Out. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Inside Out, the Inner Revolution. Now, you know, uh, we always seem to be changing our names. Have you noticed that? If you've been with us a while, we were Inside Out. Then we became Inside Out, the Inner Revolution. Well, Either next week or the week after, I'm not sure. We are becoming Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green. And we're going to be having a, uh, a TV channel on Voice America TV that will be called Inner Revolutionary TV with Beth Green. Now, I promise you that once we make this change, we're not going to change again for a while at least, or so I think, but then what do I know, right? But uh, So, I don't know. Next week, we're either going to be inside out the Inner Revolution or we're going to be Inner Revolutionary Radio, but either way. It's Beth Green. You can still find us on Voice America Radio. So I'm very, very excited that we're going to be uh, interviewing Ann Smith um, a little bit later in our program. Um, Ann interviewed me years ago about ego, and we had a great conversation, and I remembered her. When I started having guests back on Inside Out, The Inner Revolution, and we changed our focus to The Inner Revolution, I remembered Anne, and I thought, where is that woman? She was a great host. So she knows more about me than I know about her, but I've been snooping around <laughs> in all the stuff that she sent. And um, it's a very, very critically important topic that we're talking about because hierarchy exists in everything. It exists in our families. It exists in the business world. It exists wherever people, two or more, are gathered together. <laughs> <laughs> and their hierarchy shall be in their midst. And it's the question isn't just for women. So, guys, are you out there? I want you to be thinking about hierarchy, too. But before we introduce our guest, Ann Smith, and I, always, I have to say this, this is not a, a pseudonym. She's not hiding behind an identity like John Doe. Her name is Ann Smith. <laughs> 
I would like to invite James first to give us the news of the inner revolution. Remember, everybody, the inner revolution is about our coming to understand that we are really one and start living from that perspective. It's about becoming accountable and holding ourselves accountable for our impact on ourselves, one another, and the planet itself. And uh, it's about mutual support, that we realize we're one big world. We have to support the world. That We can't thrive in a world that isn't thriving. So give us some news of the inner revolution, James. Yes, I will. Pleased to. Today's news, uh, The Atlantic, which just published today, uh, is entitled, The Dutch Village Where Everyone Has Dementia. Dementia <laughs> is a worldwide epidemic. <laughs> wait a minute, epidemic. wait a minute. I want to say something about that. Doesn't it feel like the whole world, everybody has dementia? <laughs> <laughs> Please carry on, James. Okay. <laughs> dementia is a worldwide epidemic. In the U.S. alone, statistics indicate that 50% or more of us will have dementia by our mid-80s. Many people have it well before that age. Dubbed Dementia Village by CNN, the town of Hogawee, in Holland, is a cutting-edge elderly care facility roughly the size of 10 football fields, where residents are given the chance to live seemingly normal lives. Like most small villages, it has its own town square, theater, garden, and post office. Unlike typical villages, however, this one has cameras monitoring residents every hour of every day, caretakers posing in street clothes, and only one door in and out of town all part of a security system designed to keep the community safe. Hogawi features 23 uniquely stylized homes, furnished around the time period when residents' short-term memories stop properly functioning because it helps residents feel as if they're home. Residents residents are cared for by 250 full and part-time geriatric nurses and specialists who wander the town and hold a myriad of occupations in the village, like cashiers, grocery store attendees, and post office clerks. Sounds like they're actors. Last year, year, CNN reported that residents at Hogawi require fewer medications, eat better, live longer, and appear more joyful than those in standard elderly care facilities. Now, isn't that incredible? Why is this, my job is always to say how this is part of the inner revolution. Well, isn't this about oneness? You know, we, when some, something is wrong with you, you get marginalized. I, I remember, because I'm disabled too, uh, that, you know, in the old days, uh, did, well, this is, may blow your mind. In the old days, disabled women were told that we should stay home so that we shouldn't be raped. We should stay home. Not that we should deal with the issue of raping women, but that we should just stay home so we won't be raped. Uh, I did a TV segment on that, by the way, many, many, many years ago. (laughs) I was incensed. In fact, I showed people, women just, you know, practicing judo or self-defense or whatever, disabled women. So what I'm saying is that People get marginalized in our society, and that makes us sick. We had, uh, James brought us a piece of news a little while ago about uh, how in, I think it was in Seattle, (coughs) there was a place where the elderly were being mixed with preschool children, and uh, how much better it was for everybody. So this is really about a shift in our thinking about not polarizing and marginalizing people, but really coming from a place of oneness. So I think that's a fantastic story. Thanks, James. And oh, our yeah. story is? 
You know, along that line, I just want to add that yeah. uh, the same study found that uh, in a regular uh, nursing home in Holland, the people only get outside the building about one and a half minutes a day. Imagine. One and a half minutes. Whereas here, they're living a normal life and having everything normal. And, and as a result, they're having all these benefits. Now let's turn to the next item of news. Uh, the New York Times of August the 9th reports the title... Scientists support Iran deal in letter to Obama. 29 of the nation's top scientists, including Nobel laureates, veteran makers of nuclear weapons, and former White House science advisors, wrote to President Obama on Saturday to praise the Iran deal, calling it innovative and stringent. The letter arrives as President Obama is lobbying Congress, the American public, and the nation's allies to support the agreement. The letter says that the Iran Accord has more stringent constraints than any previously negotiated non-proliferation framework. The letter comes amid a flurry of organized efforts by supporters and opponents of the agreement to shape the public debate ahead of congressional action. The letter states, we congratulate you and your team, uh, in the opening to Mr. Obama, that the Iran deal will advance the cause of peace and security in the Middle East and can serve as a guidepost for future non-proliferation agreements. Now listen to this. In a technical judgment, the letter says that Iran, before curbing its nuclear program during the long negotiations, was only a few weeks away from having fuel for nuclear weapons. So you see, I think this story is showing us something too, which is that we are getting tired of being run by fear. One of the ways that we get um, bamboozled, one of the tyrannies that we have that stops us from thinking and really making positive changes in our world is fear. And our government has fed fear. We know, I mean, the, the glaring example of that is George W. Bush and the uh, evasion of Iraq uh, for the so-called reason that there were weapons of mass destruction. And so I think that what this shows about, it's a little bit different from a lot of our inter-revolutionary stories, but what it shows is that people are speaking up and saying, let's get facts. Let's stop be dominating by fear. And again, it's a, a story of polarization. Oh, just because someone is from Iran doesn't mean that they're as scary, you know, that they're so different from us, that they're not humans. <laughs> we can't talk to them. and Maybe we can't make a deal. So I love this. I, think, I love the fact that people are taking responsibility to speak up. So our next news item is? Yes, Washington Post, August the 12th has a, an item entitled, Christian Taylor's Father Feels for Fired Cop. There isn't a winner in this. We are both losers. This is the father of uh, the 19-year-old uh, who was shot by a police officer in suburban Dallas. He's a black uh, teenager who had uh, crashed a car through the front window of a car dealership. So hours after the police officer was fired for this, the father of the deceased teen said, Relieved wouldn't be the word. We are all human and make mistakes, and there isn't a winner in this. You know what I mean? We are both losers. Isn't that incredible? This is what we're looking for. We're looking for oneness. And, uh, you know, those of us who are into activism often get caught up in anger and uh, self-righteousness and indignation. And that is not the inner revolution. The inner revolution, we start with ourselves. It's like, what is it with us? What are we doing? How am I that? How could I be that guy who just did that? So this is such a, a touching and important story because 
this person realizes that despite his grief, that we're all one and he's acting on it. Thank you so much for the news this week, uh, James. I think it's it's still blows my mind how many good things. I, I don't even want to comment on some of the hideous things that I see in the news every day. <laughs> I don't need to tell you guys out there about that. I think we all know this. But uh, it's very refreshing and encouraging that there are people who are making a fight to build a better world by shifting our consciousness. And this is a revolution with a difference. So without any further ado, I'd like to bring on our guest and introduce you to Ann Smith. And she is busy making in a revolution herself. I don't know that she's ever thought of it that way. <laughs> but she and other people who are trying to break down that old hierarchical tradition. Uh, so welcome, Anne. It's so, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Uh, thank you, Beth. I feel so honored and really excited about having this conversation with you. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Well, first of all, Anne, what do you think it is about you? And James, feel free to chime in a question. Um, what is it about you that made you want to tear down hierarchy and build something new? Oh, okay. Well, back in the 70s, I was a part of that, uh, the human potential movement and took about four years of uh, really delving into I was personal growth, group dynamics, and organization development. And through that, you just, all of a sudden, you just realize that the best way for us to grow personally and the best group dynamics that you could ever, ever have, the, the healthy group dynamics, and the healthiest organizations are not hierarchy. It is circle. It is where everyone is equally valued and participates and is listened to and is respected. And it was like, this was such an aha for me that I thought, this is like better than sliced bread. So <laughs> why don't we all do this, right? So since the 70s, I have been kind of, I call myself a circle evangelist. I have been just going around and saying, I know, I know. I get a little carried away, but I love no, it. Hey, I'm an evangelist too. I love, I love people who really care enough about what they're doing. And who believe in it enough to go out there and try to help change our world. So go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so since then, I have just found myself um, by synchronicities in places where I had some influence. <laughs> <laughs> Was that synchronicity or did you wiggle your way in? No, or truly. I have to just say, here I, I took this job at the National Episcopal Church in 1983. And before that, I had worked with organizations, several organizations, women's organizations, and we were not a hierarchy. We really were a team. We were very much working in the circle model. And so I got my self-confidence. I got skills in that. I got some, you know, just training around that. And so, and I knew it worked. It wasn't pie in the sky. I knew it worked. And, by and then I started an organization. Um, that helped women to get non-traditional jobs in the state of Connecticut, which uh, that was a <laughs> it was <laughs> that was quite an experience itself. And I'm not going to go there. Oh, but again, yeah. it gave me a power. It gave me sort of the credentials and the uh, backing, being able to get a job at the National Episcopal Church in which I didn't even know the bishop of that diocese. I didn't know hardly anybody, although I'm an Episcopalian. 
But I knew that the, the governor of Connecticut and the senators and, you, you know, and I was the new kid on the block. And they said all the women were fighting with one another. It was so divisive and blah, blah, blah. Nobody had any power. So I just got to sneak in and be the director. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and so did you reorganize everything and turn it upside down? Yes. 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 And it was so simple. And that's the message I want to have everybody know. It is so simple that everybody has to agree that this is what you want to do. You have the norms to work together in circle, and it's not hierarchical at all. And then you have to be congruent with that. And when people are not, then you have to really ask them to leave. This is the hard thing, especially for oh, women. Oh, uh, oh, 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 I was waiting for the catch. I really want to hear all about this because, oh, my God, I have had situations where, you know, I try and I try and I try and somebody just comes in and just keeps blasting everybody. And at a certain point, I don't know what to do. I want to give up. So I'm not alone. No. And if you let them become, take the energy away, you can't get anything done, right? Yes. Well, this is a very important point. So I have it from the mouth of Ann Smith, <laughs> that, who is a circle coordinator and a circle revolutionary, right. that if somebody is not working with you, that they have to leave, which means that just because we're in circles and we're trying to create new paradigms doesn't mean that we have to put up with abuse. And I think that's a very important point. And because I think that a lot of us get the idea that being in circle is all about unconditional love. And unconditional love means we have to allow people to do anything they want. And that is just not the truth. So if you're interested in this story, hang in there because we are going to commercial break right now. But stick with with us because we have a lot more coming from Anne about her experience, about what's going on in the world today. And we she also is going to tell us about business. Business can run on this basis too. So stick with us. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Revolutionize your life and your world with a new attitude and a new way of being. Learn how at www.theinnerrevolution.org. At Beth's website, you will find effective tools, processes, teachings, and more to help you become the person you want to be and co-create the world you want to live in. Sign up for Beth's newsletter and get a free PDF of her comprehensive book, Living with Reality, a manual for living with real answers and proven tools. Book a private 15-minute consultation with Beth that will astound you with its depth and transformative power. Learn about Beth's other books, YouTube channel, School of Intuitive Counseling, music, upcoming workshops, trainings, and remarkable community theinnerrevolution.org, which offers all kinds of help, including low-fee counseling and free support. The Inner Revolution requires us to heal our hearts and awaken our minds. Find both at Beth's website, theinnerrevolution.org. 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're tuned in to Inside Out, The Inner Revolution, with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Inside Out, The Inner Revolution. Welcome back to Inside Out, The Inner Revolution. And if you have tuned in late, you are listening to an interview with Ann Smith, who is an evangelical circle person. <laughs> As she described herself, she believes that we should, instead of organizing everything hierarchically, that we need to really start coming together in a different form, which is a circle. And I love, we just ended uh, before the break where we were talking about this doesn't mean a gushy, gushy, goo, goo, gaga, that if somebody is coming in and trying to mess around and getting in their ego, that they have, they may have to leave. So people uh, have this assumption that just because you're a woman or just because you believe in oneness or you're trying to change the way we organize things, that you're, you know, that you're supposed to just love everybody and let everybody abuse you. And I wanted to throw in something about this before we t- uh, uh, ask Anne to comment again, is that God told me, because I hear the voice of God or higher consciousness, whatever it is, you, uh, you don't have to believe in God to listen to me. Um, it's, it, it doesn't really matter. What it, because God is the head of the hierarchy of hierarchies, and I have a lot to say about that, um, that it, it creates as much bad karma for the universe to let someone abuse you as for you to abuse someone else. And that just cuts through a lot of our old thinking about what is love and what is caring is that we can't allow ourselves to be abused either. And we need to find a way to really deal with uh, people who want to disrupt because they are not in agreement with Anne was talking about. You know, they are they are dedicated to their egos, and it's very difficult to have someone in a non egoic structure who is still dedicated to ego. Wouldn't you say, Anne? Absolutely. When you're in hierarchy it's hard not to have your ego because you're being judged all the time the competition is very stiff and who can you truly trust nobody when you are in a circle and you all come from the same values that you will be true to your values and to one another it's a loving and trusting environment and once in a while, there'll be somebody who comes in and they just, you know, we've all been trained to be in the hierarchy. All of us, all of us, mm-hmm. even the younger people have somewhat, but they get it so much easier because it hasn't really been ingrained in them as much as for our generation. But the soon as somebody comes in and they just can't get along, And they're going to undermine, they're hurting themselves, we know that, but they will hurt the organization. And that's when you have to step in and say, we are very sorry, but you will have to leave. You can come back when you will adhere to being in a loving and circle relationship with one another. 
It's so sad, isn't it, that there are people who are stuck that even when they have an opportunity to get out of their egos, they can't take it. And I have compassion for those people. And all of us have a little bit of that. But I think that, you know, when we call each other on it, when we have tools and processes to deal with that stuff, I mean, just because people sit in a circle doesn't mean that they're not going (laughs) to have egos, right? But right. Um, but we can work on it together if that's our commitment. And I, I really appreciate the emphasis that you make, Anne, on the shared values. Now, you sent me an article because, hey, people could sit there and say, oh, yeah, this is so nice. You know, five women in the Episcopal Church are doing this. No, this is the whole world could be changed if we actually started to see how much damage the hierarchy does. And I'd like us to talk about how much damage hierarchy does to everybody, even the ones on top, in a minute. Um, But first, I'd like you to share how the non-hierarchical organizations are beginning to crop up in the world. This is not pie in the sky. You sent me an article about Gore-Tex. Right, and that was done 50 years ago. And what do they have? They have like a that they started this. So this was not new. You know, the circle is not new. It is the oldest form of interaction. It's been with the indigenous people for all this time. And they're really the carriers of sort of the greater wisdom of how we can live circle in throughout our life. But you talk about an organization of 50,000 people and they work in teams. They don't, uh, they, they, you know, when you have a, an organization, not everybody could relate to everybody. So you have to have the head of an organization. And this was true, let's just go back to indigenous tribes. You have to have a chief because not everybody can relate to everybody in the tribe. But that chief, whether they're the chief uh, executive officer or the chief of the tribe or the president of the organization, is responsible for carrying out all the decisions and the values of the group. Now, that's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So you see, when you do that, you're not, you're, not, you, you're not into your ego. You're into the responsibility of good leadership of what it is to carry out what is best and what was decided within your organization, within your group, within your circle. And they know that the productivity is totally heightened because everybody is involved and feels value. So... A lot of the organizations that are run by younger people, younger men, younger women, are creating these non-hierarchical structures in their organizations, and they're very, very productive. Isn't that amazing? Well, it shouldn't amaze us, because if you're not spending a lot of time uh, wasting energy fighting hierarchy, you might actually be able to accomplish anything, something. You know, you said something, Anne, that really, you know, made my head go, because, you know, uh, we've been experimenting also in our own organization. And, uh, it, and, and, you know, trying to teach the principles of oneness this is the first step, of course. And realizing that what happens in organizations that are hierarchical, in my opinion, People are focused on their position on the ladder rather than on the job we're trying to get done. In fact, um, several years ago, I uh, wrote up a proposal to bring into companies to really, and it's called Supporting One Another to Be Wise. And it's really about starting with, wh- do, how do we feel about the company? How do we feel about the product? 
can we come together around the value? Do we see the value in what we're doing? So, which is about refocusing on our purpose rather than focusing on our position. And yet I see this over and over in organizations, even when people don't think that they're doing it. We may not have, and this is my experience, Anne, so I'd love to hear your take on this. People may not have official hierarchy, but on the inside, people who have been brought up as I have and, you know, you probably too, we've been brought up with this um, belief that if I'm not on top, I'm on the bottom or I have something to prove or uh, my needs aren't going to get met unless people think I'm valuable and I have to keep proving that I'm valuable and all that stress, 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 stress. People just bring into a non-hierarchical structure the old hierarchical inner being. Where, so that people are still competing with one another and trying to look smarter. And, um, and in the process, we forget what we're doing, <laughs> the value of what we're doing. And what I love about the inner revolution is that as people are coming on and seeing themselves as inner revolutionary, the purpose, the value of we need an inner revolution on this planet to save ourselves, to save our souls, uh, people are beginning to shift from the most important thing is how I look and my position to my God. If we don't do something about climate change, there won't be any climate. Uh, there, there won't be any earth to be at the top of. And so how have you, I mean, have you, have I just been extraordinarily unlucky or have you seen the same kind of thing that I'm talking about where people are still carrying those old paradigms inside them? Well, I think we all have a tendency, especially when we feel, when we're under stress or we feel like we have to perform, Mm -hmm. you know, people will say, okay, I can form this organization, but then they, you know, the only model we know for success, except for what we, which is actually not true, is the hierarchical model. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the best profits in the shortest period of time and all of that, or mm-hmm. you have proven that you're the best whatever. Now, we know that is killing us and it's killing the planet. So, mm-hmm. number one, I think it's so, we all need to realize that there is a major shift because of the necessity that we have to change. Mm-hmm. Two, if you've experienced being in a circle, and 12-step programs are circle. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who's been in a circle that is a supportive setting or in a circle that is in a healing setting, say, I don't want to go back to the yeah. old way. I don't want to go back to the old world where I'm put down. Because yeah. those settings, the setting of the circle is very, very loving. And you'll feel like, oh, my God, why would I ever go back to the old? And the old is very addictive, and people know that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's sort of addictive because that's what we know. However, you can break that addiction, you can break that kind of thing, is by just saying, I will only be in circle. Even when I work in a hierarchy, I can have a circle of support. I can be pushing Mm -hmm. for a circle. I can be treating my teammates and everybody around me with great respect and honesty. And I expect them to do the same to me. Or I call them on it. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Again, you're not a patsy just because you're mm-hmm. in a circle. I mean, love and awareness have to go hand in hand. And the skill that to me is the most important is the learning of the nonviolent communication, or what we used to call back in the 60s and the 70s, we called it assertiveness training for women, where I get my needs met without harming your needs. Yeah. And, but I speak to you in love, and I speak to you directly, uh, you know, and, and there's a skill. And when women learn this, and men learn this, and it's happening all over, they're teaching this in schools like in Costa Rica because it's peacemaking and it's, it's mm-hmm. so productive. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to happen more and more in our country. But, see, that is a part of that revolution that you're talking, the inner revolution coming from ourselves, taking responsibility for ourselves and helping others to make this choice. Why would you want to work and live in this crazy kind of environment when you could work and be in this loving, productive environment? And that's so beautiful, Anne, because, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about how the hierarchy hurts everybody. Um, People think that the way to win is to get to the top of the hierarchy. But actually, it's a horrible place to be. Uh, I just had a put up video on YouTube a couple of weeks ago called uh, The Fight of Our Lives, The Inner Revolution. And it actually is addressing the pain that we all feel for hurting one another because we're one. So if I'm on top and I'm hurting you because uh, you're like on, on the rung behind, below, below me, I'm going to feel the pain. Plus... I'm always going to be scared because there's always somebody gunning for me. And the most neurotic people I know are the people on top who are trying to protect themselves from losing what they think they have. And everybody suffers. I, you know, I'm so thrilled to hear about these changes and so hopeful that maybe we'll be able to make a huge dent in human consciousness just by saying, no, we don't want to be in hierarchy anymore because it hurts everybody. But wouldn't it be a great inner revolution for the people on top to start acknowledging the pain that it causes them to be there? Oh, absolutely. And I, again, I wanted to say for the people on top, it is scary because you work really hard. It's, uh, you know, I've, I've earned my stripes, right? I've yeah. earned my stripes and you haven't. You've got to prove yourself. It's lonely. It's lonely and it's stressful uh, and it's so much easier. Shared leadership is the best, is right next to, I mean, shared leadership is such a blessing because well, I have skills. You're going to say it's right next to orgasm, but you just didn't say it. I, yeah, orgasm is good. <laughs> <laughs> it is because it's uh, relaxing. It's it's exciting and it's relaxing. And the thing is, you get to be. If we want to stay with the with the thing of metaphor of sort of orgasm. You get to be fully yourself, and being fully yourself with another person, or being fully yourself, you become that one, right? You, yeah. All of a sudden, it's different. Well, and, and we it, start to get the benefit of each other's wisdom, because yes. when we're trying to stay, uh, climb the hierarchy, or stay up there, we always have to prove that everybody around us is stupid. I mean, I have seen this over and over and over <laughs> in organizations that. 
you know, people are always, it's horrible, but true, you know, are putting each other down because they're the ones who want to get the credit for the idea so that they're going to get the promotion. And when we don't have that anymore, then what is the point? In fact, it is when you, when you talk about it, I could just feel because I've been in these situations, our own organization, you know, we try to practice this in our support calls and in all, you know, in everything, that if everyone around us is wise, we are not under the stress of trying to figure all this out ourselves. And one of the most marvelous uh, dreams that I have, uh, not so much a reality but a dream, is that uh, at some point we're going to start practicing this in in places where we have tended to be adversarial. So, for example, the welfare mm-hmm. worker and the welfare recipient need to create a circle and talk about what to do because everybody has a piece of the puzzle. And it doesn't matter how, uh, how small or large. I mean, there's no question that some people have greater leadership, that some people really do get, you know, amazing ideas, and they should be honored not for their position, but for the value that they're offering. But everybody's piece is important. You cannot run an organization if the toilet has not been cleaned for a month. <laughs> and, and yet we live in a universe where everything is, you know, ego and money. So the janitor is not making the salary of the CEO, so the janitor has no value. Whereas, you know, if it comes right down to it, I need the janitor a lot more than I need that CEO. But people do not have that in themselves. And, and what happens is that they keep striving for positions that they're not good at in order to get the money and prestige rather than do what is for the highest good of all, including them, which is to really take on the job that they are best qualified for. And that's part of where that relaxation comes from. Right. And there's nothing greater than sharing the victories, the successes with your team. Yeah. And, you know, may someone may have had a breakthrough thinking or been the perfect speaker or said the perfect word, and you never know, and that will be. But to share that together yeah. is is very, very rewarding. As, and the yes. thing is, like, it's like power is like love. The more you give it away, the more it comes back to you. And there is an abundance of power. It does not have to be held by a few. And when you, when you share the power, share the information, share the resources, everyone benefits. So true, so true. There is more power when we all have it. That is so true. When we come back, we're going to go to commercial break again. When we come back, Anne, I'd like you to talk about what's happening with women and religion and this parliament. And let's give some people a clue as to this area because, you know, again, you know, just because a woman is the head of Hewlett Packard doesn't mean she's going to be more of a human being than the guy that she just replaced. (laughs) So... (laughs) And that's true everywhere. So stick around where there's more from Ann Smith and Inside Out the Inner Revolution. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Revolutionize your life and your world with a new attitude and a new way of being. 
Learn how at www.theinnerrevolution.org. At Beth's website, you will find effective tools, processes, teachings, and more to help you become the person you want to be and co-create the world you want to live in. Sign up for Beth's newsletter and get a free PDF of her comprehensive book, Living with Reality, a manual for living with real answers and proven tools. Book a private 15-minute consultation with Beth that will astound you with its depth and transformative power. Learn about Beth's other books, YouTube channel, School of Intuitive Counseling, music, upcoming workshops, trainings, and remarkable community, theinnerrevolution.org, which offers all kinds of help, including low-fee counseling and free support. The Inner Revolution requires us to heal our hearts and awaken our minds. Find both at Beth's website, theinnerrevolution.org. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're tuned in to Inside Out, The Inner Revolution, with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Inside Out, The Inner Revolution. Hello, welcome back. We are talking to Ann Smith of Circle, oh my God, Circle Gatherings. Oh, my God. How many? Circle Connections is okay. It's okay. Circle Connections. Okay. So we're talking about hierarchy versus circles, and we're saying, yes, 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 it's right. It's for the, it's, this is the real world. You know, when people have been brought up with a certain paradigm, they think that's the real world, and they can't even believe that there's anything else possible. But we know that there is and that it's better. So I'd like Anne to share uh, something, what she sees going on in uh, religion, because there are some fascinating things happening with women becoming priests or bishops and all of that stuff. And what is she seeing happening in religion? And she's going to be attending a conference because this girl is active. <laughs> she gets in everywhere. Um, what are you seeing about women at religion and hierarchy? Well, one of the disappointing things, I have to say, uh, and speaking in my own denomination, and I will speak for others, too, and some of the denominations, is that we work really hard, um, mine is in the Episcopal Church, work really hard to get women into the priesthood because that certainly is a position of power. And what we were very disappointed in is when that happened, we broke through what they call, you know, the stained glass ceiling not much changed because the women took on, they acted more like men than the men. Mm-hmm. And Same one, it was they wanted to fit in, and I understand that. And two, yeah. I think we didn't provide them with a real good support group so that they knew they didn't have to do that. But you won't change anything in a hierarchy, in a patriarchy, in a religion, if you don't change yourself and be true to who you are, I'll say for women, to be the feminine, to hold up the divine feminine and not to find God as just male, but it has to be the female and the male. We've got to bring balance within the church because the church has, religion has 7 billion people, you know, 5 billion people out of the 7 billion people in the world. It's a huge influence. Mm. And we need to be able to have that influence be very, very positive in this time of crisis. And the time of crisis is because we're out of balance. 
So if we can begin to change our language and begin to change how we interact with one another, of male and female, our species, which is the only species out of balance, (laughs) 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 that we bring that in wherever arenas we can be, whatever influence we can be, that women in the priesthood, women as ministers, began to use the circle model, began to use the language of calling God both mother, father, whatever you want to call, but not just the male. It has to be the female and male in balance. And it's been too long. Um, it's been, wait, you know, 2,000 years, longer than that. 5,000, oh. 6,000 years. So, oh, absolutely. God of it, our fathers. That's, yeah, you know, God of our fathers. And we can change that language. And we can bring in the, into the ceremonies. And we can bring into the worship. And it's exciting when you do. And I know that there's a backlash. There will always be a backlash for change. But it's worth it. It's just, and when women come together, not as individuals, but come together with support, and men also it's happening. You know, they want to see that. And the churches that are doing this, uh, in many cases, especially for the young people, that's where it's growing. Oh, so there are churches that are doing this. And tell us a little bit about that very quickly. Um, it's usually with a woman who, a woman priest, and sometimes it can be a, a man, but they all, the son will start using what we call the inclusive liturgy. And began to be able to have give communion where you give communion to one another. That's a very powerful thing. Oh wow! Yes, we do that in most of our our organ on our groups gathering, but you can do it in your churches. And you know, to pass the bread, the host, and to pass the wine to one another started with the priest, and then the last person passes to the priest, and they take of that. You can imagine how powerful that is, how intimate that is. Oh, my goodness. You know, this is so fascinating because I used to do these workshops on my book called Living with Reality. And one of the workshops that we did, we had, we called Jacob's Ladder. And Jacob's Ladder was about how we pull each other up from above and we push each other up from below. (laughs) And that everybody is in a ladder and that it's it, even though it looks hierarchical it isn't because the purpose of it is to empower everybody and when we went around the last person on Jacob's ladder gave the push to the first person because wow. we were actually a circle and right. so we, we could see that there can be a division of labor versus a division of power meaning that we all get to contribute what we have and we don't want to hold people back who have extraordinary gifts and but we can get to see that everybody's gift is is of equal value and that it, that really doesn't matter so that's that's lovely you know the other significant thing of course is to get the men to start talking about how painful it is you know, in this, uh, we did this screening of Radical Grace last night about um, the Catholic Church and versus the nuns. And you could see the men in the film, the bishops, who were having to defend this hierarchy. And James was talking about this in the break, about how wooden they looked and, and how sick the, uh, so many of the individuals are in that organization that they don't have the right support. They're, they're drinking. They're pedophiles. You know, they haven't right. benefited what do you think that the 
people are out there, you know, killing each other, you know, these, uh, you know, people in IS, you think that these people are well, you know, just because they are on top and are, you know, they are you know, terrifying people. What, what is it that they could possibly be feeling about themselves? And one other point I want to throw in before, I want, before you tell us about the conference coming up um, is that in my view, as long as we have God above us, we have not gotten rid of hierarchy. Right. And to, uh, oh, I'm so glad you said right. So that we believe that there is a circle there, that God is one of us and we are one with God and that oneness has to start with the essence of our spiritual beliefs, not just with the structures that we're using. Now, I haven't seen that idea getting around very much because everybody wants to think that Big Daddy up there is going to fix everything rather than say we are, we are one. We are one with God. God is the totality of us, and we're all evolving together. Well, it's probably still seen as a fringe, but there was a book called, it's titled Defecting in Place, and it was a study of where are the women leaders in the church? And this was many different denominations, and it was also Catholic sisters and et cetera, and it was saying they're not leaving the church, but they are getting their spirituality outside of the church in circles. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Uh, right. And, you know, and, and the whole changing, the shifting of the theology from God above us and we're just children yeah. to we are co-creators with God is one thing that is becoming a part of the major, I think, revolution. And the other is that we're changing the story, the story from Adam and Eve to the story of the birth of the universe. Mm. And when you do that, you see that oneness. We're all made out of the same particles. Yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You and know, it, is, it is the most wonderful creation story, knowing that, you know, we're uh, billions of years old. <laughs> we're made up of billions of years old. Yeah. It also helps us to stay humble and to really know that we are one that our diversity is unique, not only as humans, but our differences we respect and rejoice with, but we don't have to put them in a hierarchical ranking right. as one better than the other. Right. And that's, we yeah. don't have to separate. We can differentiate. Right. I have got to send you a book. Uh, James, could you be responsible for this? I, I wrote a book that's called Sacred Union, The Healing of God that I published back in the early 2000, like 2002, based on an idea that God gave me like in the 80s about that, that uh, God is not healing us, that we are healing God because we're all mm -hmm. part of the oneness and we're all part of the whole. And it has its own story of creation, its only myth of creation. And it, it's all about this. And uh, when I was told to, to publish this book, it said, a radical idea whose time had come, that it's really God that's evolving. But that means that's us, because we are aspects of the God that's evolving. Uh, but I didn't know that that idea actually had, that its time had come. <laughs> so, uh, you know, guys, if anybody's interested in this, it's, uh, you can buy it from on Amazon.com. And, uh, and James, do let's send Anne a copy of this book. Now, let yes. Anne tell us about this um, 
and I'm sure I have her address someplace, and if not, uh, we'll, we'll get it later. So tell us about this parliament that's coming up. Okay, it's called the Parliament of the World's Religions, and it's all the different faith groups, including Wicca, which is, you know, uh, the ancient goddess religion. And they have been meeting, um, oh, since uh, the 1893. Uh, I attended the one that was in Barcelona, Spain, and it's now coming They were in the United States years ago in Chicago, and they're coming back to the United States and will be in Salt Lake City. And the dates are October 15th through the 19th. There's registration is still open. It's a time for, and anybody can attend. So there'll be a lot of workshops and speakers and gatherings and ceremony. And And can you quickly tell us about the women, because we only have a couple of minutes before we close. Well, this is the first year there's been a women's assembly, and that will happen the day of the opening on October 15th. And then we're we're also having many other gatherings, and all the other gatherings, of course, that we're doing as women in, in and around will be a circle as much circle base as we can as we can influence. So it's a good time for us to begin for us circle evangelists. <laughs> yes. And many of us are going as that to begin to promote circle within our religions and in our everyday life. I love that. And if people want to know more about circle connections and all these things that you're doing and I know we didn't even get into it but you've had a lot of experience Oh, with international women's circles and what they're doing uh, around the world. How do people find out more about you and what you're doing? Well, you can go to the website, circleconnections.org or .com. And then the other organization I'm a part of that anybody can, be, can quickly form a circle or be a regional coordinator is gatherthewomen.org. And that's one of the fastest growing organizations right now. And it's going around the world, and that's where women say, yes, I want to host a circle in my area, and yes, uh, my area now will be a regional coordinator, I'll be the regional coordinator, and it's growing. And we support one another, and it's very loving. And then they can reach me um, on Facebook, I go by Ann Landis, L-A-N-D-A-A-S, which is my birth name, Smith, because how are you going to find me by Ann Smith? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really. But if you look at her biography on our host page, you go to the biographies, you'll see the f- spelling of her name. So, so uh, I, I got to rush this question. So what are these gathering the women's doing? Just meeting together or do they have a, a common purpose? Or They have a common purpose of first gathering together in circle. And so you can experience, but it is being in circle. And then really getting to know one another on a deeper level so that each one of us can blossom. Each one of us can come out as our authentic self. Yay! And then the collective wisdom that you hear in a circle, just like our conversation. You know, we build on one another and all of a sudden we'll say, okay, wow. Right, right. And I got to stop you because we are like out of time. James, what are we doing next week? (laughs) 
Next week, Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders rise in the polls. Is there an inner revolution afoot? These guys, these are two guys that are on opposite sides of the spectrum politically. But is there an underlying oneness and a continuity? And uh, we're going to be talking about that. You can call in with your questions and sharings. Yes, you're actually going to be able to call in next week because we don't have any guests. But we're going to take on, I've got some ideas about what is going on in, in the American soul around all this political craziness. And, uh, ah, Anne, it's been a pleasure. Uh, it really has. And I love what you said. We have just created a circle. And uh, let the circle be unbroken, right? Right. Thank and, you. Thank you so much for being on Inside Out, The Inner Revolution. And don't fail to, uh, to check in next week because we got to figure out what the heck is going on in, uh, in our electoral system right now. And I think we're going to have a great discussion. Bye-bye. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out, The Inner Revolution with Beth Green and James Maynard next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think outside the box and have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.